Today is December the 6th, 2017. It's a Wednesday and I'm here with Jack or Jackie Eugene Branham. My name is Nancy Kishpaw and uh, we're here to do an oral history interview. Um, part of what intrigued me about Jack is uh, there were three things. One, he was born during the Depression and the Dust Bowl um, over around Wichita. And two, he is a Korean War veteran. So, um, Jack, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, when were you born? I was born on November 20th, 1933. And where? Atlanta, Kansas, at a small town in Cowley County, close to Winfield. Okay, were you born, were you in town or on a farm? Uh, born in town, at my at grandmother's house. Okay, what was your grandmother's name? Uh, Bell Branham, Bell Branham. Um, tell me a little bit about what it was like. Uh, well, I didn't, I don't know because I'm, we moved from there before uh -huh. I was uh, three years old. Uh -huh. and I have no memory of that. Did, the, did anyone tell you any stories about uh, uh, that time? Nothing other than uh, the, my father having... Uh, a hard time supporting us because there were no jobs available. And uh, I had a, um, he would work for farmers in the area and they would pay him with uh, produce or uh, if they had uh, uh, <clears throat> butchered, they would, they would, in other words, with, with the products rather mm -hmm. than money. And he would take that to town and I had an uncle and aunt that owned a grocery store there well, it was kind of a general store, actually, even. Uh, even had the gas pump out front. And he would come there after working on the farm and clean, help clean up around the store and work, do stock shelves. And, uh, uh, and my Uncle Ernie would, uh, if he had the money, he would pay him some, and uh, so he'd have some spending money. And then uh, he would uh, uh, trade it, take in this, what he got from the farmers uh, and uh, give him what he needed mm -hmm. in groceries. So that's about all we, that's about all I understand about that. Uh -huh. But Dad had uh, this friend, and he told Dad one day, he said, uh, Texaco's going to have an opening. And he said, if you want the job, he said, you be out there. It was about... Uh, three miles south of town, he said, you be out there bright and early. And he said, uh, and he, he lucked out and he was the only one there and they hired him. So he had a job with Texaco Oil Company. And between that time and uh, my third birthday, he was transferred to Russell County Russell, Kansas, Russell County in Kansas, to with, along with a new superintendent out there to get things ready to open up the oil fields for Texaco that, that ah. uh, the, in the, um, all of the uh, uh, land that they had leased up, uh, they'd, they'd leased up thousands of acres out there when they discovered oil and they hadn't gotten around to opening that area up yet. So they sent them out there. 
and uh, my father, it was a, it was a uh, German community. Uh, it had been settled by a German, mostly German people. There was others there, but mostly the Germans. And uh, they didn't like the oil people. You know, they were in, intruders and they were rough. And the oil field was made up of some pretty rough people back in those days. And uh, my father uh, was trying to find an apartment, and, and, uh, and I was just a baby. And uh, he he'd looked all over town and asked, and he drove by a house that had a room for rent sign, and he stopped and went up and knocked on the door, and this this uh, little uh, little lady little German lady come to the door and he said, uh, ma'am, he said, uh, I need to rent an apartment. And she had looked over his shoulder and mom had me up on her shoulder and she, she knew he had a baby. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, well, we just don't rent to anyone with children. She didn't want to tell him because you're, and, and he said, and of course, dad was getting pretty irritable and he could get irritable pretty quick. He said, ma'am, he said, because he had noticed what she'd done. He said, ma'am, he said, do you rent to people with pets? And she said, well, yes, if they're not very big. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, you just keep that apartment because he said, I'll, I'll go down here and trade that baby for a dog and I'll be right back. And he <laughs> just turned around and started down the thing. He was at, he was mad, and she come running after him. Young man, young man, you get that woman and that young baby in here. You've just rented an apartment. Oh, so that's that was our first uh, encounter with, uh -huh. uh, uh, and uh, and of course, uh, as soon as they found out the income from all that oil mm -hmm. rights that goes to the farmer, uh, the farmer had money. And he could come in, and and so everybody, and that that area of uh, Kansas and, and all the other places in Kansas helped to pull people out of the depression much sooner than it did other places. Uh -huh. And so, uh, and we lived there until I graduated from high school in 1951, and I moved here to Independence, Kansas. Wow. What was your dad's name, dad and mom's name? Uh, dad was Lester Ambrose Branham, and my mother was Anna May Runnels Branham. Runnels, R-U-N-N-E-L-L-S. Uh -huh. And uh, so... Uh, what, we, what was your earliest memory there? Well, the first, uh, they had, uh, I was, uh, I was, I was probably about three or four, three, three years old, and uh, we they had moved Dad out on a lease where one of the oil wells was, or maybe two, to, to pump those until they could decide, because he was, uh, uh, he wasn't supposed to be a pumper, but uh, he, he'd done that to keep, uh, until they could get uh, things straightened out. And uh, I was just old enough to get out and run around. And uh, 
My first memory is I got out and I walked around behind the garage. And here's this great big mound of sand. And boy, what a sand pile. And look at all them little things running around. And I proceeded to go up and sit down on the center of that. And it was one of these big rent ant piles. Mm -hmm. And they started biting and I started screaming. Oh my and gosh. so here come dad and mom. And they got me in the house and mom put some stuff on to keep this, you know, help the stinging. And dad went out and got a can of gasoline and poured right in the top of it, awkwardly gall down and set it on fire. And that's, that was my first memory. Oh my gosh. And then my second one was that I was going to have a little sister. <laughs> oh, how, how much longer was that? Uh, she is three years younger than I. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I was about three years old. Uh-huh. And... Uh, so, uh, and she was born in a different, in a different area where they had already moved into their general. Uh, but the housing was, housing was uh, pr uh, provided, everything, no rent, no utilities, no nothing. They paid for everything. Uh -huh. And uh, uh, so, uh, uh, I think that about the next memory I have is uh, being in this, uh, it was a, a different area of the county there, and uh, being in this uh, house along with two other houses, and uh, one house next to us had, uh, well that was where the superintendent lived, and then us and then the foreman. And uh, they had two daughters and, you know, and uh, a, uh, a boy come along later. But the, the youngest daughter is five days older than I. And, uh, and uh, so we grew up almost like brother and sister mm -hmm. there, too. And, uh, Do you remember her name? Dixie Lee Carlman. Oh. And uh, still... We have a little bit of contact through the computer. Wonderful. She lives in Springfield, Missouri. Uh -huh. And uh, we, uh, of course, we always try to get together at uh, reunion time. And uh, and then your sister was, what was her name? Mita, M-E-T-A. Uh, it's, I'd never heard of it before and I haven't seen it since on as uh -huh. a name. It's not But common. apparently it... Uh, uh, Mom always said that uh, it was one of Dad's old girlfriends, and he would deny it. He said, oh, he said, I just knew a woman that had that name, Mita, and he said, I, I liked the name. Mm -hmm. And so... Do you have other brothers and sisters? Or? No, just the daughter. Uh -huh. uh, we apparently, Mother uh, lost a child, and we can't remember whether it's between. We we've never been able to find out because she never. We didn't know it until mm -hmm. just very recently, uh -huh. and I can't get any information out of it. But from it, but she uh, apparently was stillborn, or uh, she lost it before, mm -hmm. or something, because uh, there's no record anywhere uh -huh. of her. But uh, my sister just. Uh, just recently has uh, found evidence that uh, she had another mm -hmm. child and think she thinks it was a girl. Uh -huh. so. 
Did you like school growing up? Oh, yeah. What? Tell me about school. What did you like the best? Well, my first year, well, I went to kindergarten. They they took us to town to to kindergarten, and uh, I can't remember anything about it except a story that's told on me and uh, Dixie Lee. We, of course, we everywhere I went, she went. Mm -hmm. And uh, she... um, her eye, they, they, I guess it was our first use of scissors. We had these little old snub-nosed scissors, and I guess I was cutting something out, and I accidentally cut a little hole in my pants. And uh, the teacher, she just got real mad about that, and she set, made me go sit behind the piano. That was her. That was her form of, uh, you know, uh, discipline kind of right yeah. discipline, and. Uh, and uh, some of the other kids started laughing and teasing, you know. And uh, Dixie got up and just read the riot act to them. <laughs> and that's the only thing I can remember uh-huh. about kindergarten. Yeah. And then uh, first grade, we went to country school. And uh, it was a uh, two room. It was four in one room and four in the other room. And. Uh, uh, I can remember the uh, uh, the teacher made me put my uh, chair desk right up against her desk, and for the first grade that was the line back of me because she couldn't keep me sitting down. If I wasn't doing something like this, I was up and going around. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I actually actually had to tie me in a time or two before. Oh my before I would settle down and but she would read to us and and mother had already taught me how to read and write and some some arithmetic and I uh, come to find out I was reading at third grade level and uh, so she every morning she would her desk was uh, at an angle in front of me and she would sit sideways and read the story. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was reading too slow for me. She was reading too slow. Uh-huh. And uh, so I would climb up on my desk and climb up on her desk and get around behind her and I was reading ahead of her. And she'd let me go for a little bit and then she'd say, Jackie, it's time to get back in your chair. And I'd get back in my chair. So were you always a reader then after? Oh yeah, I love to read. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know, I come in here and yes. get, you know, I don't know how many books a month, but several. And uh, then the only other thing I can remember was playing in the snow, and it was, it was snow, it was real deep. We'd climb in the most, that had stone fence posts out there because mm-hmm. there was no wood one there. And you climb up on the most stone foot and jump off in snow. And... Uh, and they, we uh, almost burnt the schoolhouse down. Uh, they started the fire that morning, and all the kids got in in just a little bit. Uh, apparently, he had put too much in or something, and oh. and uh, uh, just burnt right around the stove, caught on fire. And the stove was between us and the front door, so we had to go out over. The, the, there's a window right by my desk, mm-hmm. and so they pushed my desk out of the way, and. Everybody filtered out. The big kids, two or three big kids, went out first, and then they caught the little ones. And wow! But uh, 
So we didn't have school for a while. Oh my goodness. But uh, that's about it, as far as I can remember about, uh, oh, I know one other thing. Uh, at the Christmas program, uh, I was, uh, I was a little Santa Claus in the play. <laughs> and, uh, How old were you then? Do you remember? Well, I'm six years old. Six, and when you were six. Yeah, then. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. I went to first grade in the sixth year, my, when I was six years old. Wow. Yeah. So, but then, but then the second grade, I went to town. They had moved Dad over to another lease. He'd had a heart attack, and uh, they had a, a lease that was, was real easy, you know. And of course, Elmer Carlman, the the superintendent, they were kind of really good buddies because they'd, they'd mm-hmm. you know, being what they had been. And uh, so he found uh, that that Dad could do and still not get have to get fired. Good. But uh, Dad worked hard, and uh, he pulled some muscles around his heart, and uh, it was rough work. And uh, so... But uh, second, I say second grade. They sent me to sent us to town because he was he knew he was going to quit, and uh, they they leased an apartment house in town close to a grade school. There was two grade schools in town, and uh, my grandmother had come back, she kind of come and go in our lives because she would go to work helping an older person or something. She was a widow woman for years. And uh, and uh, and then she'd come back and live with us. And so uh, he had, he set us up in that apartment house with her running the apartment house. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, so I was only a block and a half from school. Wow. So. so you went to grade school and then high school there also? Yes, I graduated from high school there in 1951. In what town? Russell. Russell. What, did you know Bob Dole? I knew who he was and I saw him. Uh, you know, just... I'd never really met met uh-huh. the man or talked to him about anything. Uh, uh, in '51, when we left there, uh, Bob Dole uh, had just uh, just run or was running for uh, the county attorney. That was his first uh, uh, first time into politics. Mm-hmm. He was well known. And uh, Bob Dole is a story unto itself. He was in the Second World War. He was injured. And if ever anybody ever noticed, anytime you saw him with war on TV or, or saw him in person, he had a pencil in his right hand. And uh, because he had no use of that right arm from the elbow down. And uh, uh, when he came home, he was uh, injured, and uh, he always wanted to go to college and, and, and be an attorney. And the, the city uh, 
somebody started it and they got up a fund by this time it was a it was a, a growing prosperous community mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it was probably getting close to well it was at its peak really and uh, they uh, they got a some kind of a financial program going that put him through school at KU wow. and uh, and then he he went on to law school uh-huh. and uh, and so uh, and his his parents they owned a creamery there and that was, and they uh, they never had much money you know uh-huh. they couldn't afford to send him on so uh, yeah he uh, even uh, today, he's he's still going, even though he's in really bad health. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's st- and he he still owns a home there, and his oh. sister uh, keeps the home up. I mean, you know, she lives there, and, and so when he goes, he has a home. He doesn't uh-huh. have to worry about a motel room or anything. Wonderful. And uh, it's a very modest brick, nice home, but it's a, just uh-huh. a very modest brick place. He's quite a guy. Yeah, yeah, they're very proud of him. Yeah. So you, what year did you graduate then? 1951. And and that was from Russell High School. Russell High School, Russell Broncos. Yeah. And then uh, that fall, after uh, I graduated, my dad and I moved down here to Independence uh, to drill some oil wells. And. Uh, my uncle had a drilling rig, and they went in together and, mm-hmm. and uh, drilled oil, drilled, drilled dry holes. Yeah. <laughs> went broke. Uh-huh. <laughs> had to go back to work. And uh, so um, that's how I got back here. And then uh, in 50, see. I met June in '53. I went. Uh, I went to work for some oil companies around here, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, drilling company. And uh, uh, I worked the oil fields then until uh, uh, '50. Well, it, 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 until '54, uh, because uh, that I volunteered for the draft uh-huh. in. in uh, uh, late 53, uh, because my wife, June, she would not marry me until she found out if I was going to have to go overseas. Uh-huh. She said, I'm not going to be married and live at home with my parents. And so, without telling her, I just went down and volunteered for the draft so that we could find out real quick. Mm-hmm. And of course, I had to go to Korea. So, uh, we didn't get married until I came home, oh. and, but uh, it was, uh, we got married a month or less uh, after I got home, uh-huh. and I came back to, uh, came back to the same job that I had when I left. Uh, oh. Second day I was home, I was walking down the street, and I'd planned on taking a little time off, and then I was walking down the street, and here come my old boss, he said, hey, he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I just got back. And I, he said, he said, uh, well, I need a tool dresser on that drilling rig, the one that he ran. Mm-hmm. I always worked for him. He was one of the owners. 
And I said, he said, you're, he said, you're coming back to work Thursday. He Ooh. said, he said, I'll pick you up. <laughs> and so I worked for him then uh -huh. until I started college. Wow. Out here at the JUCO. Okay. So go back just a little bit. So when did you go to Korea? Um, I went to Korea. To, I left, uh, I left the States in September of 1954 and got to Korea in October 1954 and I was there until uh, 19 I got home in uh, March of 1956 where'd you go for basic you have basic training somewhere Camp Chaffee Arkansas huh? uh, 1954 the hottest summer on record Oh my gosh. It was miserable. Uh -huh. <laughs> but uh, I was, well, uh, I was always, after I got through that, that basic training, I just kind of was th thinking, uh, I got through that because of, without any problems at all, because of the work I had been doing, the hard work in the oil fields, mm -hmm. you know, that type thing. And uh, and I went in with an attitude that there's there's nothing that they can throw at me that I can't take. I'm not going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do what I'm told and, and do it the best of my ability, which, of course, my dad had pounded that into me from the time I was 11 years old. And you know, wherever you work, you 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 mm -hmm. give 110 percent for every hundred uh, hundred that you get. Yeah. And uh, so uh, uh, I had no problems at all in uh, basic training, and I stayed there while I got home from for a leave, and then I can't, went right back there to 12 weeks of radio operator school. Ah. And. Uh, that about drove me nuts because that's sitting them behind a desk mm -hmm. eight hours a day or more and uh, learning Morse code and uh, how to operate a radio and I had no I, I had no interest in radios at all mm -hmm. uh, they ask you when you when you first uh, get there they ask you they say now What's three choices? There's, you have three choices. What, what would you like to do? Mm -hmm. Well, I liked cars, and I liked mechanical things. Of course, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't have a... And I, I always had a car from the time I was uh, 11 or 12 years old, even though I couldn't even have a driver's license. They mm -hmm. didn't pay any attention to that out there then. And, uh, but, uh, and uh, I... T I uh, I put down two or three things that were mechanical, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and uh, of course that that disproves the old adage that uh, when you go in the army, uh, if you want to be a cook, they're going to put you to driving a truck, <laughs> and if you want to drive a truck, they're going to put you to cooking, and uh, so. Uh, but that was that was a way with a lot of us. So don't it, tell them what you really want to do. What 
yeah, they don't. They know they what you want to do, but they uh-huh. don't. That's not what they want you to do. Uh-huh. And maybe, maybe they do that because they want you to do it their way rather than what the way you've been doing it. Could be. So that's that's what I. Or maybe that was what they needed at the time. Yeah. You know, right. But yeah, but what we, when we got when we got to Korea, mm-hmm. there was uh, uh, the first morning at the replacement depot. The sergeant hollered for the. All the radio operators to fall out, and we there was twelve of us at a time. Mm-hmm. We went over all of us from the same school. There was twelve of us, and he said, "Fellows," he said, "We've got we're run. We've got radio operators running out our ears," and he said, "But there are some things we need," and he said, "I'm going to read off a list, and if there's any of these things that we need that you would want to do uh, when I'm through." Uh, I'll have you just step forward. So he he started naming them off, and uh, and then he said, uh, "Okay, now anybody that wants to do that, instead of waiting to find a place for opera, you know, radio uh-huh. operator," he said, "Step forward." Twelve people stepped forward. <laughs> Nobody wanted that radio, wow. and. Uh, the, I had my senior year in high school. Uh, I I only had to go to. I only had to get two courses. Uh, uh, that were required that nobody had told me. We didn't have counselors back then, and uh, one one was uh, the uh, American government, and I think the other one was Constitution, and I you know and. Uh, I had more than enough uh, credits to graduate, but I had to go back for those two courses, and I had to go back for all the time. So I took typing for a fill-in course, uh-huh. and actually, I kind of liked it. I had, and I, uh, I, not bragging, but I had I had one of the highest scores in that class, and uh, I got a 75 words a minute, hey. and. Uh, and, but I hadn't typed for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought, well, that's that's better than toting that hundred-pound radio up mm-hmm. and down the hills. And so I, I volunteered, went uh, as typist, and uh, that's when they sent me to the field artillery battalion in Seventh uh, Infantry Division, thirty-first uh, field artillery battalion. This is Army. Army. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's that's. Where my military career started, uh-huh. and where were you at in Korea? Well, the uh, the day they shipped us out of the replacement depot, uh, they sent me to the thirty uh, first Field Artillery Battalion, that was part of the Seventh Infantry Division. And they were just pulling back from their primary position to a secondary position. And of course, being, and, it, and this was long range artillery, mm-hmm. uh, the big 155 howitzers. And uh, that put them even farther behind. Uh, so I, there was, we weren't right up on the DMZ, mm-hmm. we had a cushion. and. Uh, 
and I, I can't, it, it's approximately, it would be probably in the area of <clears throat> the northwest part of Korea. Uh -huh. It's north of Seoul, and it was probably up towards the western where the seaboard was. We never did, <clears throat> never did get over there, uh -huh. but... Uh, um, I, I, I used to know the name of the, there was a village just down the road from us. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think the name of it was Kumgakni. And, uh, and then, uh, 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 so we were far enough back right. that I, I didn't see any the only thing we had, we had Korean soldiers attached to our outfit for training. They're good soldiers. Mm -hmm. That South Korean army is a good army. And, uh, or they were in those days. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, they could go to the village. We couldn't. Mm -hmm. we, couldn't uh, we couldn't do anything but go from one military, one United States military thing to another. And uh, if, if, and of course, it, by that time, Korea was just one big minefield. Mm -hmm. And they, when they, when they uh, retreated, when the Chinese came through and pushed them clear back down, they just they minefield. The United States mined it, mm -hmm. and. When you when you lay a minefield, you're supposed to map it out. So if you come back, you can you'll know where it's at. Mm -hmm. They didn't have time. Oh. They they were you know they were getting killed by the, mm -hmm. the hundreds and thousands, and so they just laid mines everywhere. And it was against when I got there, it was uh, court martial offense to get off the road uh -huh. uh, because of that. And of course, the poor wire linemen for communications and stuff like that. The people that had to be out there. There was always somebody getting uh -huh. blown up or mm -hmm. injured, you know. And so we, I was happy that I wasn't carrying that radio around over oh, there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but, um, it, uh, I was, uh, when they sent me to, uh, supply room, to supply school over there, uh, <clears throat> That's a story all of itself. But I, uh, I was around Weejambu, which is just that was between Camp Casey, the division headquarters, and Seoul. Mm -hmm. And it's the only place I saw uh, while I was over there that you could say was uh, uh, pretty. Mm -hmm. this, around this little town there was a little forest that had never gotten uh, blown away mm -hmm. but everything everywhere else you went there was any direction you wanted to look you could find a place where they'd blown the uh, stuff away wow. and uh, just made me more thankful that I wasn't there earlier mm -hmm. um, while you were there did you ever did you get to see any other part of the country in that? oh yeah I saw quite a bit of it and uh, it, it, like I say you know it was that but uh, 
I was uh, I was transferred from the colonel's front office down to the headquarters and headquarters batteries uh, supply room. Uh, the uh, the uh, commanding officer of the headquarters and headquarters battery was uh, happened to be a Kansas boy, Kansas boy, uh -huh. and he was uh, uh, he was the first lieutenant. And we kind of became friends, and and uh, he asked me one day. He said, "Or he come to me, and he said, I lost my supply sergeant, and I lost my supply clerk." He said, "I've got a sergeant I can put in there, but he said I I don't have a clerk." And he said, "If I can get you transferred out of this office up here, mm -hmm. I I was in the colonel's front office type, uh, you know, I had uh, hours worth of work in the morning and." Hours worth of work in the afternoon, and had to look busy the rest of the time. Oh dear! And I, I, of course, I've been out working on the outside and all mm -hmm. that, moving around. And I said, "Oh yeah, please do." <laughs> and so he did. And uh, they sent me to a school down at this Wee John mm -hmm. where I saw the, uh, the. It was it was a nice place to be, and uh, I took a two weeks course. And this was supposed to be a course for uh, supply sergeants that are already sergeants. Mm -hmm. It was a refresher course. Uh -huh. And uh, I'd never been in supply. Uh, but um, the, the executive officer that uh, cleared my uh, transfer, he, he, he was upset. About, he had upset him because I was transferring out of that uh -huh. office because they, they claimed I was doing the best job. Mm -hmm. you know, all this, so I went. Uh, I he said I'll. He finally told me. He said I'm going to let you go, but he said we're going to send you to this school. And he said I want you. You've got to promise me you're going to come out first in your class. And I thought first in my class, and they're all sergeants, and here I am. You know, and I said, I'll do my best, sir. <laughs> he said, okay. And uh, so I came out uh, third highest in the class. Awesome. And I loved it. I loved mm -hmm. the supply room. And I was forced out of that into the band for the general in division headquarters. Uh -huh. Because they found out you could play an instrument? And they found out that I could play a trombone. Oh, and yeah. he, he, he sent out the... the uh, General orders, then, in other words, the general order division headquarters ordered all the units in that division to transfer or uh, at least send people down for auditions to belong to a band he was putting together to things that calmed down and he uh, he wanted some parades and he wanted to be able to. Uh, uh, put an honor guard and stuff out when uh, celebrities and uh -huh. bigwigs come flying in on helicopters to the division headquarters to inspect things, you know. Uh -huh. And he wanted a band, wow. and so uh, they they uh, there was two of us out of the outfit, I and the colonel's driver. And the colonel tried to get it stopped, but there was no way. Yeah. Oh dear! So I spent. Uh, the last, uh, well, the last six, seven months mm -hmm. of my tour of duty, I spent at division headquarters in uh, Camp Casey, okay, Korea. Cool. 
That is really interesting. And all we did was, we didn't have any extra duties. All we had was, uh, we played uh, parades mm -hmm. uh, up to two or three a day. Uh, uh, sent us out, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then uh, we'd play these uh, honor guard things when the big wigs come in. And then we had... Uh, we would rehearse, and uh, uh, and then uh, then the rest of the time was on our own, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so you probably never imagined that's what you would be doing no, over there. Never in my never uh -huh. <laughs> would I think I'd ever be. I wanted to be a music teacher. Oh, and. Uh, so I, that was one thing. I thought, well, you know, this will help. Mm -hmm. This the experience will help. When uh -huh. I get back, I'll have the GI Bill and I can go to college and be a music teacher. But uh, I got married within 30 days of coming home, and we didn't, we were just young, you know, didn't, didn't stop and think. Tell me your doing. wife's name again. June Beatrice. Van Dyne, Van Dyne Branham, and uh, we uh, we had a child and another one on the way. By the time I graduated from the JUCO here, and, what year was that that you graduated? Uh, it had been uh, fifty-eight, and uh, uh, I I had to go to work. You know, or well, I was working all the time. I was going there. I was right. I was carrying out sometimes two jobs plus going to school, wow. uh, you know, and make ends meet. And so, I, I just couldn't. We couldn't afford for me to go to a four-year school. So, very shortly after I got out, uh, I went to work in the oil field again. And then, very shortly after I got out of college, uh, I had a chance to buy a service station up towards Emporia, Kansas, from mm -hmm. some of my dad was living then. And I had worked in service stations from the time I was 13 years old, uh -huh. off and on. And uh, and I liked that. Uh -huh. So uh, I bought my own service station in this little old town. Uh -huh. and, uh, what town? Uh, <laughs> uh, Hamilton. It's south of, it's south of uh, Emporia. On, and uh, it's just a, not much more than a wide spot in the road. Uh -huh. And I had some stiff competition, but I took this run-down old service station and fixed it all up. And we it, it used to have a restaurant next, I mean, built in. Uh -huh. And uh, we got, uh, before we ever moved up there, we, my cousin lived up there too, and him and I cleaned it all up and made, a, made an apartment out of it. So we oh, lived nice. right there where I was. Uh-huh. But uh, that had its ups and downs. People knew I was there and needed gas. They'd come knock, even, oh. not, even if it was 9 o'clock uh -huh. at night, you know. Uh-huh. And, of course, I'd take care of them. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but then we uh, got a chance to buy a bigger one down at Oxford, Kansas, over by between Winfield and Wellington. Nicer station, bigger town. Spent some time there, and uh, I also had the bulk agency out of there, and I was working myself to death. Uh -huh. And 
June wasn't too happy about that. And uh, I got a chance to sell the bulk agency to a farmer friend of mine, one of my customers. And uh, uh, I was just getting so tired. I had, I had a guy that would come in part-time and help me. But uh, I... Uh, I was just worn out, and I was, we were sitting, this guy that had the vocation, he was sitting there and somebody else, and we were talking about something, and I said, you know, if somebody would just buy all my equipment and my inventory, I'd just sell out. And this book agent, he said, well, he said, I'm needing something for my boy to do. He said, I'll just buy it. Oh, how nice. So, and uh, uh, June's sister in Bartlesville uh, kind of wanted us to come down there. Mm -hmm. So I went down there, well in fact I went down there to uh, uh, apply for a job with Phillips Petroleum and uh, uh, they were wanting, this was back when computers was in their early mm -hmm. stages. I mean a computer was it'd take up a room this right. size, you know. Yeah. and. Uh, and uh, I went down there, and that was all they had was I was only hiring, so I, I you know, I'll, and they said, we'll train you, you know. And so they gave me aptitude tests. Uh -huh. I see there was 30 of us to start out with, and there was uh, six, I think, that they picked out uh, and gave us a, a more advanced uh, uh, test. Mm -hmm. And uh, this... Uh, the guy in that the hiring department, uh, he picked me out, mm -hmm. and he said, uh, "We're going to give you the job." He I said, uh, "When can you be to work?" And I told him, "I can come next week." Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, "Okay." He said, uh, uh, "Why don't you come in next Thursday?" And so. Here, I, boy, you know, I've got a job. Going to get some training, you yeah. know, all this. Uh -huh. And uh, and that was the place to work. Mm -hmm. It was Phillips in Bartlesville. And on Tuesday, I got a phone call. And he said, I'm sorry, Jack. He said, uh, they won't let me hire you. Oh. And I said, oh, what's wrong? i never done anything wrong or anything. Uh -huh. Oh, no, no. He said... They won't let me hire you. You've beaten out 30-some people on this. Uh -huh. And he said, they won't let me hire you because you, when you went to college, you don't have any college math. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I lost out on that job. Oh. So we, we went to Topeka. June has a, had a sister up there, and there's a... There was a little house there close to them that just fit us, and they said, there's plenty of jobs down here in service stations, you know. Uh -huh. And so I went back to working in service stations. Uh-huh. So. Oh, what a shame, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I regretted it, but uh -huh. it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, I would have, I would, there I would have been back again, well, like I would have been in the mm -hmm. Army, at a desk. Right. Uh, eight hours a day. And that would have driven you crazy. That probably would have, yeah. yeah. But uh, I worked for a while down there in a transmission shop. 
uh, mm-hmm. before uh, we decided to go to Topeka. And uh, then uh, uh, I worked for, uh, I, was, I was working for a, a guy that just owned a station up there. And, uh, but he was an alcoholic and his wife uh, had uh, mental problems. And uh, he was a little hard to work for because he'd take off and leave. He was, he was so, she was driving him crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and they, uh, he'd, he'd go off and leave me alone there. I'm running that station all yeah. by myself. But I, I was, you know, I was doing what, what I had grown up doing, mm-hmm. give 110% for whatever hundred you're getting. And this fella come at the service station and, and came in, he was parked outside and came in and, and I wasn't busy right at that moment. He said, asked me if uh, he could talk to me for a little bit. I said, sure. He said, uh, he, he told me he's Bill something, I can't remember his last name. He said, I, uh, he said, I work for City Service Oil Company. And he said, uh, we've got a new program coming here into Topeka along with, I think it was 13 other areas around this United States. He said, we've got a new program coming in. And he said, uh, I've been, I and my superior have been spying on you. <laughs> and he said, uh, uh, we want to hire you. And uh, he said, we want to hire you to manage a service station for us. And he said, uh, I can't remember, the ha- they had five, they, I think they had five service stations in Topeka and was building another one. And they were totally redoing one, it was right on the corner of a shopping center, uh-huh. south part of Topeka. White, White Lakes, I think he called it. And he said, uh, when they get that finished, he said, uh, we want you to manage that. And he said, uh, it's an experimental unit. And he said, we've got uh, what we want laid out, and all you have to do is follow it. And uh, he said, uh, We'll do the hiring, but he said, you can do the firing if they don't work out. He said, you can do the firing. And he said, he told me how much they were going to pay me, plus a commission mm-hmm. on, on several different things, and bonuses if you do something, you know, real well. And he said, we furnish you your, your uniforms, and... Uh, uh, so I said, well, yeah, it sounds great. You know, I was about to go nuts from mm-hmm. this other guy. I, I, I might as well own the station instead of just working for peanuts. Right. And uh, he said, well, okay. He said, uh, you can go to work next Monday. He said, you go to work this this service station over here and just work for that guy to get acquainted with our products mm-hmm. and this sort of thing. And I knew the guy anyway. And he said, you can uh, go to work for him and uh, to kind of get your feet wet. And he said, then you'll be, you'll be ready. And he said, uh, 
uh, I or my supervisor <clears throat> will be over here uh, during the first month to get a, when they start this thing to get everything going. Mm -hmm. So that we did, and, and this is all oh, this they done. They built a beautiful station. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. And uh, it was going to be open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And uh, so, uh, and they hired me some good, good help. What and, year was this around? Do you remember? Oh, let me think. Moved. Uh, Oh, I can't think. Uh, it was in the 60s. Okay. It was in the 60s. Uh, and, uh, but anyway, and it had uh, the lighting on it. Was, it was just like daylight outside. Mm -hmm. And in fact, uh, uh, they had one complaint. Across the street, there was kind of an open space, open area uh -huh. over there quite a ways. And then some housing began, and they had a complaint or two, and so they uh, offered to uh, plant some trees if they would wait that long. You know, mm -hmm. they'd, they'd put some that would would grow up and not and block that out. They were they were spending money like they oh my. had it, never. But anyway, and I was just very close to the uh, interstate, so they furnished me a pickup truck. In case I had uh, somebody uh -huh. needed gas or something, you know, and uh, to, to to go out and, and uh, they would reimburse us for the charge for the wow. toll toll to on the interstate at that time. And uh, I can't remember how long I worked there, but it was several years. And they uh, one day. Uh, well, one day before that, I mean, uh, the uh, superintendent out of Kansas City, uh, my my boss's boss, called me, told me, he said, uh, Jack, he said, I want you to have that station standing tall. He said, the president of the company is coming back here oh, wow. from New York City, and he said he's going to have he's going to have an army with him. And he said they're going to inspect all these stations and all that. And I said, as you well know, my station is standing tall right now, mm -hmm. but I will have the boys check it. <laughs> and he laughed and he said, I know, but I had to tell you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sure enough, well, you know, of course, we went on about our business when they showed up. Here come this limousine and two buses afterward, after them, mm -hmm. and uh, they around behind and parked and and uh, they got out and uh, a lot of these little young guys it was just white glove in the place you know just, they're they're fighting for promotions and stuff see mm -hmm. and then here's this this older gray-haired guy and he just he got out of the limousine him and a couple other guys and they just kind of calmly looked around you know and, and uh, he was sharp enough he could tell you know mm -hmm. and so we, we even had a patio on the outside with pop machines and candy oh, wow. machines and because we was open 24 hours a day mm -hmm. and uh, 
and they looked it all over and then the, the, the little penguins, they started back into their buses and, and uh, uh, the old man went over and told one of the bus drivers something and they, all, they took off and the limousine and these, those guys, they stuck around and he come over when I wasn't busy and uh, put his arms around my shoulder put his arm around my shoulder. Mm -hmm. He said, Jack, he said, you are doing a bang-up job here. He said, uh, he said, we have, I can't remember, it was, I think it was 13 units. It, this is an experimental unit. Mm -hmm. All the stations in my, in Topeka were in that unit. He said, uh, we've got uh, 13 units. And there's five of them, five stations in this unit. And he said, you're the top station out of the whole bunch. And he said, do you do any fishing? <laughs> I said, no, sir. I said, I don't, I've not had time, you know. Mm -hmm. And I said, I haven't fished for a long time. And he said, well, he said, if you ever, he said something about, we have some meetings or something. And he said, if, you, if you're ever back to, uh, to the offices in New York, he said, uh, you just uh, tell them you want to talk to me. And uh, uh, he said, uh, I'll arrange for us to go out. I've got a cabin up in the mountains oh, someplace wow. up north in New York, you know. <clears throat> and he said, you, you uh, and I'll just go out and go fishing, said, for a weekend, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, of course, I never did get back there. But oh. and uh, but uh, not long after that, they decided to. S now each station could do what its superintendent in the mm -hmm. like. They ours was in Kansas City. Each station, each unit, could follow a certain plan of their own picking, mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, but they, uh, our station was was always profitable to them. Mm -hmm. Some of them were not. Right. But uh, they came around and uh, they they were they were going to quit the experiment, uh. and they wanted me to lease that station from them, uh. and uh, and I wasn't I wasn't financially, uh, you know capable of running it the way it had been run. Right. So I knew there was going to be problems. And I, I told him, I said, no, I said, I can't do that. And uh, so he, uh, so um, they, they shut it uh, down and they leased it to somebody else, you know. And uh, I went to work at another service station. And uh, he... Uh, <clears throat> A year later, it was closed. Oh. Closed out. And within six months, they had sold that area to some kind of a hamburger joint, and they built a hamburger joint out of it. Oh. They tore off the, the bays that you uh -huh. put the cars, you know, to work on them. They tore that part off, 
to make more parking. Mm -hmm. But then the, the, the area inside, they totally remodeled it into a hamburger stand of some kind. It just uh, it made my heart ache oh, every time I, I go by that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but then I uh, I went to work for a fellow that owned a he owned a uh, Standard Oil station right downtown Topeka, three bays, and uh, he was. Uh, he was a jobber for Champlin Oil Company, and he had five or six stations there. He was in the real estate business, or building part, not just selling, mm -hmm. just building mm -hmm. real estate stuff. And uh, and I don't know. Oh, he had a automotive parts house, and uh, so he. Uh, hired me to open the first Casey-style service station in Topeka. Wow. Chaplin, uh -huh. except that we pumped the gas. Uh -huh. We pumped the gas is the only difference. We had all the groceries and all mm -hmm. that stuff in there. And so I managed that. And then uh, he, he leased it out to somebody, and he had another one that... Uh, and I went, I, I, what I became was his, his handyman, you know, mm -hmm. his uh, uh, right hand, I guess uh -huh. you'd say, you know, if something was wrong, why, well, that's where he put me. Yeah. And, uh, and then he had this big station and that's, uh, he, he put me in as co-manager with uh, another guy that had been with him a long time. The fellow was older than I was. In fact, he was retirement age. And uh, uh, we ran that, for, I don't know, for several years. And one day he came in and he told us he wanted us, he wanted to sell it to us any way we wanted to buy it. And, uh, you know, he'd take care of the finance and whatever. You know. mm -hmm. But uh, the doctors had been telling me I'm gonna have to get out of it because I was having trouble with my back and my uh -huh. arms and my legs. We did, it was a big three bay station and we did heavy heavy oh, mechanical wow. work in that third bay. Uh -huh. And uh, I, uh, I told him, uh, the doctors tell me I gotta get out. And uh, Elmer, they to, uh, he told him, he said, he said, I'm retirement age and he said there's a Bart's house out close to home. He said they've been wanting me to come to work part time, and I don't mm -hmm. have to get. I can just stay in the, you know, in the, in the inside and so forth. And he was tired, so he sold it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, I don't remember what I did then, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, it wasn't too long after that that uh, we moved back to Independence. Uh huh. Yeah. So there was one thing I was going to ask you about. Uh, you said you had a baby and another one on the way. How many children? We have three. You have three? Yeah. What yeah. are their names? R uh, the daughter is the older. That's Rhonda Jean. And. Uh, the boy, first boy, 
It was Kelly Joe, and uh, the youngest son is Kevin Eugene. And, and where do they live? Do they live in this area? Uh, Rhonda lives in a uh, uh, suburb of Kansas City. Uh, I never can remember. It's at it's southern part of Kansas City, and then uh, Kelly uh, lives in Dallas, Texas, mm -hmm. and Kevin lives out on the Van Dyne farm. Oh. Um, helps take care of the, the, the stuff out there, mm -hmm. and and, and uh, uh, just works wherever he finds wants to work uh -huh. and, and take takes care of that part of the farm. Well, that's great. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, what do you do to keep busy? What What did you do when you got back to Independence? Were you retired at that point? Then? Oh no, no. Uh, I came back and went to work for. Well, I was working in the in a uh, dealership, automotive dealership up there. That was the one after I uh -huh. left the station. I went to this dealership because mm -hmm. I didn't have all the hard labor work. Right. I, I was assistant service manager, and then about uh, six weeks after I went to work, uh, uh, the service manager went up on sales floor. He went, he part uh -huh. owner, and he went up on the sales floor, and uh, I was service manager, uh -huh. and uh, uh, I, I was there. Let's see, I was there. Couple couple of years, I don't know. Anyway, he, uh, I got a phone call uh, from mom that uh, 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 a friend who was service manager for Roman Chevrolet here in town uh, was retiring, and he had mentioned my name to them, and they wanted to see, they wanted to talk to me. Uh -huh. So the next time I come down to visit with her, so I did. I, well, I wasn't too happy they up there they merged with another dealership oh. and uh, I was still service manager but I had a different person over me mm -hmm. and uh, things didn't he just yeah. didn't do things the way I was brought up to do things mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, but uh, so I made arrangements come down a weekend and and that was when they, they were up in the old uh, building that burned out here downtown. Where was that? The okay. building that burnt down uh, where the Chevrolet dealership was. Uh, it's where that uh, parts house is now. Oh, okay. AutoZone? Yeah. Okay. No. No? No. No, no. It's, um. it's on West Main. And his moved it. He moved it from there out to the where he's at now. Okay. But anyway, uh, I uh, I came down and, and and I went to work for him. Mm -hmm. I, I went up there and told him. I said, now I I, I went to uh, to this guy, mm -hmm. and I told him. I said, now I uh, I've got an offer, mm -hmm. and I said, now I like working here. But there's some things that I don't like, and I kind of laid it out to him. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to do this honestly. I'm going to do this, you know, 
with the customer in mind, I, I said, so forth. And uh, I said, nah, uh, and I want a guarantee, firm guarantee. I want everything in writing. And I said, uh, well, I told them here, mm-hmm. I would tell them by July, I think it was 70, I don't remember, but I told them by July the 1st, by noon, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, was, I, I told him, I said, I have to know before noon July or I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't hear by noon. Mm-hmm. So I called, uh, well, Nita answered the phone. I called Nita Romans and told her, I said, if you folks still want me, I said, I'll be there. When wow. you know, told her when I'm going to give these people this much notice, and all I gave, and so I uh, and uh, three o'clock that afternoon, that guy come down, everything written out. I said, "You're just three hours too late." Oh boy! And uh, uh, the owners were were fine, mm-hmm. but this guy was a he was part owner, but it was a very small amount that he mm-hmm. owned. But uh, yeah, it wasn't, I don't know, it, six or eight months later, uh, the, uh, the two primary owners got together and one of them came in and went up to his, went up to this guy, uh, this other guy's uh, office and uh, within 30 minutes, that guy was no longer part of the dealership. Mm-hmm. They bought him out and fired him. Gone. And three out of the, they brought a bunch. We, we operated at first with two secretaries mm-hmm. and, and bookkeeper, you know, just two people in the office. Right. And I could go in there any time of the month and know where I stood compared to last month or last month the, the mm-hmm. year ago, and uh, when uh, they got this new one in, they put his. When we merged with this, they put this. Uh, they put uh, three of their people in with our two, and uh, uh, it wasn't too long until one of those two quit. Uh. And, and left and went to a dealership very close. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, they had been embezzling. Oh dear. And uh, I knew something was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and I wasn't going to be part of it. And, uh, but uh, they, uh, they went back to the two ladies. They hired the other one back and they went back. And, and because I couldn't go in there at any time when, when all of that mess was going on, I couldn't go in there and, and know where my, uh, how many dollars I'd put through that place uh-huh. or anything. I, I couldn't get any information. Wow. They didn't want anybody to know. Right. Yeah. So, but that's when I, that's when we moved back to Independence for, I don't know. And then you went to work for Romans. Mm-hmm. And then I, ver- I worked for every dealership in town uh, worked for Romans twice <laughs> worked for 
I kind of bounced around. Uh-huh. Worked for uh, uh, Berg Motors and Neodeche for a while, and I could see that they were going under. So, uh-huh. and uh, and Romans one that was the second time I worked for Romans. Romans was wanting me to come back to work for them, and so I did. But then I, my last one was. Uh, Quality Motors, uh-huh. Lauren Slater, and uh, that was probably the best job I ever had in a dealership. Mm. I ended up as a business manager after I'd been, I'd, I, he hired me as a salesman and, and then put me in charge of trucks and, and uh, fleet and leasing and, and then, then uh, made me business manager, which took care of all of that, plus financing, and, mm-hmm. and I got, I, I, I got it from every, every, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, and I, that, the lifespan, not the lifespan, but the span of staying in that job, uh, on the average, according to Ford Motor Credit, is three years mm-hmm. before you melt down. Yeah. And I was there eight. Wow. And uh, before I, I didn't really melt down, but I could see I was going to. Mm-hmm. I could feel it coming. Yeah. And uh, and he, in fact, I went in first December and told him that I was going to give him a, you know, give him notice that I'm going to leave first yeah. year. Yeah. And he said, ah, he said, no. He said, you take December off. He said, you just, you, you just, you know, mm-hmm. keep your car. They, they furnished me a demonstrator, nice. which uh-huh. they didn't normally do, but they, he transfers me from being a salesman, so he just left it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, uh, they, they treated me great. And, uh, uh and I had the keys to everything. Uh-huh. I mean, the vault, the, everything I had the keys to because I had to have it. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, I guarded those keys of my life. And uh, I uh, started to give him the keys, and he said, no. I said, you keep them. He said, you may need to be in here for something. I said, maybe you want something for your car or something. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, okay. But I went back in January and told him, I says, I, you know, I know mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I might last six months, I might last six weeks, but I said, I'm, I'm, I've got to have some, yeah. even, even now. He yeah. said, after 30, three, 30 days of doing nothing but rest, playing yeah. golf or, you know, whatever. And uh, so he, uh, I gave him, uh, I went in January and told him, and turned in the keys to my demonstrator and laid my keys to the dealership on the table. He said, no, he said, you put those keys in your pocket. He said, you may not be employed, but he said, you might still need to be in here. And he said, wow. you come in, he said, just leave a note on my door. On I had uh-huh. keys to his office too, see. Wow. And I, he said, you just leave a note, what you did. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, he said, any way I can help you, why you just let me know. That's awesome. And that, uh, that's when I 
semi-retired mm -hmm. right there. And uh, so I've... Uh, you have to be really proud of that. Well, I'm not so much proud of jumping around, but I'm proud that I had the uh, flexibility mm -hmm. to do the different things that I did. Uh, uh, here I wanted to be a, a music teacher in a quiet little town mm -hmm. with a band of about 80 and you know and right and uh, uh, which I would have been happy doing that uh -huh. I think but uh, I knew cars because my dad had been a new uh, used car dealer uh, and I from a from the time I was 11 till the time he got into the oil part of it right. uh, on his own because mm -hmm. he when he left the when he left the uh, oil field out there the first time he went into he bought a little uh, grocery store a little old neighborhood grocery store uh -huh. right on the edge of the downtown and then he he and the guy he bought out Neither one were happy, so they just swapped again. He he, and and then Dad went into used car business. Uh -huh. He accidentally in in Kansas in that day and age, if and it may be still, uh, in fact I'm pretty sure still, because it happened to me too. Uh, you had to if you sold more than five cars, sold and or traded, you know, bought and sold more than five cars. You had to buy a dealer's license, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and uh, uh, at the grocery store, uh, uh, Dad had been doing some of that on the mm -hmm. side, and he he bought and sold more than five mm -hmm. one month, one year, and and uh, uh, so they made him. So he said, "Well," and and he was not satisfied. He so then he said, "Well, now why not go back?" Just I like to doing that. Also, mm -hmm. I'll do it for. So he he ended up with uh, half a square city block, right on the interstate, right on the not the interstate, right on uh, 40 Highway, which is coast to coast, and 281 Highway, cause coast to coast. And wow. uh, uh, for three years, he had that. And one of those years, the uh, Kansas Automobile Dealership uh, Automobile. Uh, dealership uh, the organization uh -huh. NADA uh, only this is KADA uh, he got an award for selling the most used cars of any independent used car dealer in Kansas Wow and uh, That's quite and, something and too. he had a heart attack and put him down and a salesman that he put some trust in, uh, cleaned him out. Oh. Took, took him for all the head. Oh. So, but uh, I grew up with all that, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the oil field and the carbonous. And so, always and, given 110%. Trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying. But uh, I, uh, I always, prided myself, which I guess you shouldn't pride yourself, but I've always prided myself that I uh, 
could go back to almost any place I ever went, I ever left, mm -hmm. and if they needed help, I could get a job. Yeah. You know, I didn't, uh, I never did leave any of them except the, mm -hmm. the one up there with bad feelings. Right. And the only bad feelings were, I was with a guy I didn't care anything about. Mm -hmm. What did you do um, after you semi-retired, after you left Romans, did you actually retire? And what? how do you keep busy now? Oh, after I left uh, quality? Uh-huh. Or quality, I'm sorry. Oh, let me think. What did I do? Oh, I went to work for uh, Sayers Hardware. Oh, I worked okay. for them for 18 years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, at first, I went full time, uh -huh. and then I, I, when I got started getting my Social Security checks, uh -huh. why, well, I, I, uh, I worked part time, and then uh, uh, worked 18 years there, and then uh, moved to Pella, Iowa. Our daughter lived up there. Uh huh. And uh, she thought we were going to need help getting old. And right. So, against my better judgment, we moved up there. <laughs> and uh, and I went to work for uh, uh, True Value up there part-time. Uh-huh. And worked for them the whole time until I was 79. And the doctors, I had uh, I had a spell. And the doctors told me I was going to have to quit. Uh -huh. And uh, June did, too. And, uh, and I knew... I didn't want to, but uh -huh. I knew I should, so. Wow. So that's. So that. then you moved back here? Yes, our daughter uh, got caught in a uh, a layoff. Mm -hmm. uh, the company she was working, the manufacturing company she was working for up there, it's uh, pretty big. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and it isn't the biggest up there, but it right. was one of the bigger ones. And, uh, uh they lost some contracts and so forth, and so she she got caught in a layoff, and so she her 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 son and daughter both live in the Kansas City area, so she went down there and looking around, and she found this job. Mm -hmm. It was a good one, and she found a place. She uh, she doesn't believe in renting, uh, so but she found a place. She, mm -hmm. uh, she sold her house up there, and, or she had a condo up there mm -hmm. and a condo she bought down there mm -hmm. and uh, so she's there and, and, and we're still in Pella mm -hmm. when I was, we had a really hard decision to make yeah. we like independence and a lot of things about independence mm -hmm. and there's some things you don't like right we liked Pella very yeah. much yeah and some things we didn't like and what do we do Mm -hmm. You know, we've got to go one place or the other, you know, and, um, but, uh, of course, our roots were here. Right. We, we plan on being buried here. Mm -hmm. Our children are all happy because we're closer. Right. And uh, uh, got our, my old uh, donut shop buddies and. Yeah. And some of their wives, and and uh, so we had uh, we've had ties here mm -hmm. longer than we had up there. Although um, uh, we had some really really good ties up there, and uh, uh, we sat down and kind of discussed it all, and 
and uh, come down and looked around and to see what we could find, mm -hmm. if we could find anything that fit us. Right. Really didn't find anything that's, that we really wanted. Uh, found, we found a place that uh, uh, everything's a little bit more expensive down here. Is it? Oh. Yeah. Uh, rent, especially, in, in an area that you would like to live in. Right. You know, uh, Independence has always been a pretty nice town, mm -hmm. but it does have some areas that I don't want to live in. Right. And, uh, but we found this one place that uh, we really like. Uh, and of course, the first thing on our yes list mm -hmm. is walking distance of the donut shop. <laughs> and this is in walking distance of the donut shop. Uh -huh. Good. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I used to hit it every morning for 25 years or longer. Wow. No matter where I worked, I'd, uh -huh. I always, um, and uh, so I had a lot of friends. And uh, uh, we're within uh, a block and a half. And uh, it was a nice condo. Uh -huh. And uh, one side of it. And uh, no stairs. And nice. That was another thing, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, where we lived was really nice. We liked it and enjoyed it. And the, the, it was, uh, the rent was really reasonable on it. Uh, he was, as he was uh, a new owner, bought it. And uh, uh, he is redoing the apartments in it. It's apartment building, six, uh -huh. six floor, I mean, six apartments. Uh -huh. Three floors, and we're on. We were on the third floor, but we were a half a block from the town um, square, okay. and we're walking distance of anywhere. Uh -huh. But uh, uh, carrying the laundry up and down the stairs uh -huh. was getting to me, and uh, I'm not sure it, it was maybe yeah. part of what's keeping me going. Yeah. But uh, yeah. they um, uh, this didn't have any stairs. Got one step up into the house, and that's it. And it's two bedroom, two bath, and we need that because I have sleep apnea. Uh -huh. And if either one of us is going to get any sleep, why? Well, yeah. It should be her. Yeah. And uh, uh, we uh, uh, we need the two bathrooms. Yeah. And uh, well, it's good that you found a place that and was yeah, met and your it, needs. yeah, and no. Uh, I don't have any lawn to care for. They Good. they take care of the lawn and, uh -huh. and the snow and I guess we uh -huh. haven't been there with the snow. But uh, so how long have you been back in Independence? Let's see. We moved back in April, first of April, this year. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the kids helped us greatly. Well, I think we're we're glad you moved back. Well, we are, you know, uh -huh. we're, uh, we're happy. Uh, uh, I've had a little bit of health problem, but uh, hopefully they're going to get that corrected. Good. And uh, uh, as long as I can keep going, why? Mm -hmm. uh, Looking back over your lifetime, um, what are you the most proud of? What am I most proud of? Uh-huh. Mm, that's, I don't know, 
there may be more than one thing I'm very proud of. I'm, I'm proud of, I'm very proud of my children and my grandchildren. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, I, I uh, and I'm proud that I, I believe that I have fulfilled my father's uh, hopes mm -hmm. as far as uh, how I've lived my life. Uh -huh. Not necessarily what I've done or not done. I mean, right. but but how how I've lived it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, my dad was a extremely strict man. Uh, I got got some spankings. Mm -hmm. Some I didn't get that I should, probably should have got. And uh, uh, he wasn't mean. But uh, if you were in the wrong, he and mm -hmm. he'd let you know it. But if you're in the right, he'll go all the way for you. Mm -hmm. he, he, you know, he'll he'll fight for you, tooth and toenail. Oh. And he, it's my understanding that my grandfather, his father, was a mean man. Mm. Uh, and I have no idea why. Yeah. I never knew him. He mm -hmm. was dead before I was ever born. But uh, uh, I have no idea. I know very, very little about him. Other than he was, he was a businessman in this mm -hmm. little old town and sold real estate, and you know. But I know nothing about his upbringing yeah. or anything. And, well, we we didn't do a good job of teaching men how to be um, soft, or and. You know, warm mm -hmm. at that time. Right. That wasn't yeah. the way. Yeah, men that were. wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe that had something to do yeah. with it. Mm -hmm. But uh, and that I've tried to, I've tried to live that with my children. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, let them know. You know, yeah. I, uh, I've tried to be the same way, uh, and I've, I'm, I'm proud of all of them. You know, some of them haven't lived their life. Uh, uh, oh, I don't know how to sp how to s say it. They none of them are famous for anything or anything mm -hmm. like that, you know. But they've lived their life respectfully. Yes. And uh, and that's probably more important than being famous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did get one. Big boost this week. My son in Dallas, he's an engineer, and he works for a company that's owned by, I just almost had it, uh, what was it? This big international company, and this big international company just received, received words that they were within the top 50 uh, for the quality of their managers. Oh. 
and my uh, my son is an engineer for him, has been for a long time, and has uh, uh, he is an assistant project manager and, and some other title. Mm -hmm. So he's part of that management. Okay. And uh, he got out of college. He was hired by a uh, big company over at Wichita, EB, the construction mm -hmm. company over at Wichita. And uh, he, they hired him before he ever got out of college. Wow. And uh, he went to Wichita and was there, I don't know, six months or so, and uh, they sent him to Dallas. He didn't want to go to Dallas. Oh, uh -huh. But he went uh -huh. and he did his job. And now you can't pry him away. You can't oh. pry him away. Uh -huh. the, he, the last thing that he's uh, really been associated with, uh, uh, other than what he normally does down at Dallas, was several months ago, or maybe even almost a year, the uh, there's another company that's owned by this big company, mm -hmm. and uh, in California, Los Angeles, and they just got a great big contract to build one of these monstrous uh, transportation system from out southwest, southeast of Los Angeles into that southeast corner of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And part of it's underground, wow. part of it's rail line, part of it's uh, overhead, you know. Everything. And, it, it, it's, it's, and they did not have anyone on their staff that could handle that, certain things about that uh -huh. problem. Well, my, boy, my boy's done all that down there in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And he's gone to other places too for but but this is the biggest one where Wow. They wanted him out there. And they of course they don't want to turn loose of him down here. <laughs> so but he was they were kinda of in between big contracts mm -hmm. and so they, they what they did, he, he was on one down here that uh, they going to keep him for, so they sent him out there for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And you come back here for two weeks. They go out there for two weeks, come oh, back here. Dear. He uh -huh. did that for like, I don't know, almost a year. Wow. And uh, uh, they come to part of it that was going to be pretty hard. And then the, the company down here got another big one down here. Mm -hmm. Going to build some more of the same type stuff uh -huh. from Fort Worth into the Fort Worth, uh, Dallas Fort Worth Airport. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. With all underground, all yep. this size stuff, which is that's his thing. Yep. And so they called last time he came. He was supposed to go stay out there for another month or two, you know, going back and forth. But uh, the company down here called out there and told him said he won't be back. He said mm. we got a big contract that's wow. we got to have him here. <laughs> and so that made me feel proud too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Besides your children, uh, is there anything else that you were most proud of? And um, is there anything else that you wanted to, to talk about today? 
oh, I'm most proud of. Mm. And a lot of things I'm proud of that don't necessarily, well, I don't know. Uh, How? I'm proud that I, I'm proud that I got into the service. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and I'm proud of the way uh, I handled everything when I was in the service. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I guess, uh, well, like I said before, I'm proud of the fact that I believe I can go back wherever I went. Right. I mean, that I'm proud that I did a good job mm -hmm. for him. Yeah. Would you say that's how you'd like to be remembered? Mm. Yeah, I guess that's about all I've got to be remembered for. Well, as <laughs> all, that was, all I've done all my life is just work, you know. But as From someone, the time I was 11 years old, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Dad says, you, you earn your own spending money. Right. And he said, uh, there's the old lawnmower, old push, real type, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm 11 years old and I'm, I'm little. I didn't, I didn't start growing until I was in later, in later years in high school. Uh -huh. And uh, so I'd push that thing around town and, and uh, mow lawns, shovel snow. Whatever uh, you could do. Whatever I had to do to do it, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, I got had I ended up one lady, regular job. I mowed her lawn, had to use her lawnmower, mm -hmm. and that was terrible because it was an it was a it was the first uh, one of the first power motor. It was real type uh -huh. like this, but this here's this electric motor or gasoline motor sitting on top of it. Oh, I'd never seen one. You know, uh -huh. she 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 said you have to mow the lawn with my mower uh -huh. and. And her man, her handyman had quit, so I was her handyman. Oh, nice! And I, uh, I mowed the lawns, scooped the snow, uh, transferred uh, storm windows, anything that was mm -hmm. within my capability. I should, yeah. and uh, uh, but uh, then when I was thirteen, I went to work in a big Texaco service station there. Uh, it uh, done everything, uh, and I was just a little fella, but I wrestle them big old truck tires around or uh, grease grease cars, pump gas. So, <clears throat> what do you want written on your tombstone? Oh. Do you have have thought about that? No, I hadn't. Or, or how you want people to remember you when they think of Jack Branham, what are they going to say? Well, I, the people that know me, I hope most of them are my friends. Uh, a good friend. And an honest guy. Hopefully. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Sounds like it. Is there anything else you wanted to say today, Jack?
I've sure enjoyed talking with you. Well, if I'm not talking too much. No. Uh, we talk about the things that were that I'm proud of. Let's talk about the something that I'm I'm not proud of, and I'm not proud of the. I'm not proud of the condition our country is in today. I yearn, mm -hmm. actually, I'm serious, I actually yearn for the 1950s. Mm -hmm. Even with the Koreas, yeah. 1950s. It, uh, the, uh, to me, that was the ultimate. Everything up from, it, it, things built up from the 30s when I got old enough to mm -hmm. remember anything, doing anything. Things built, built up. Things were getting better because yeah. of, you know, the, you know, we, we got out of the, the, the depression, mm -hmm. we got out of the dust bowl, and the, those people that suffered and stayed out there in western Kansas and these other surrounding states, and, and then they, they got well. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, in the 40s, uh, we bonded together uh, through the, one of the worst wars that it's ever in history, right. and won, uh, we won two wars mm -hmm. at the same time. And uh, in the 1950s, that was uh, that was a time of uh, I can't say what word I'm trying to think of joy and. Uh, Pride in in how pride in our country. Uh, uh, I uh, 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 and and the sixties I think is when we started downhill. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I I really do yearn for the fifties. That was a good time. Mm -hmm. Do you think we'll ever, do you think we'll recover and see that again? I think we can recover, maybe, in, in, a, in a little bit. We've made a very small step in that direction since the last election, you know. Uh-huh. You know, we, we, we've gained a little bit in certain areas, but I'm not sure that we can ever be the same as we were mm -hmm. in the 50s. Because the, the younger generations are going to have to... I, I don't know what it would take mm -hmm. to... Uh, to make them see exactly what we had then and wanted. Mm -hmm. They would, mm -hmm. and them, they want, want what we had then. Right. Wow. Anything else?
That was a biggie. Oh, I think we can leave it there. <laughs>